What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on off the script which i don't know what is going on man i i seem to be having some uh some weird technical difficulties here we are we are apparently live i wasn't sure if i was live because my entire desktop actually just shit the bed i got no youtube access at all on my desktop computer it just says connect to the internet Meanwhile, I try to go on the mobile app. Apparently, I'm still alive. I don't know. We're just going to run with it. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to run with it. And if you guys have any technical difficulties, I'll see it as I'm watching it live on my phone. Uh, we will uh, just do what we need to do. I'm already not in a good mind uh, headspace because when things don't go right, I get thrown off my game a little bit, but we'll run with it. I can't see the chat. I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. I can't see anything that's going on. I can't see my YouTube studio. I can't see the home screen whatsoever, but apparently I'm still live on YouTube. I don't know. Anyway, guys, this is your Monday Night Raw review for February 26th, 2024. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you May be as long as you uh, guys can hear me. As long as you guys can hear me, man. Um, we're gonna get into it. I don't know what's going on. Hopefully, my uh, my internet comes back. I got full internet access. That's what I'm looking at right now. So I don't know what's going on. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Intro took a little bit too long. Monday Night Raw tonight, man. We finally, maybe potentially got some answers for everything that happened with Cody Rhodes and Dwayne Johnson several weeks ago. Now, we didn't get a full-fledged explanation. We didn't get the why in this situation, but Cody at least gave us a little bit of the back end that we needed for this story. Cody Rhodes wrestled Grayson Waller tonight, and it was a ho-hum main event. Really nothing special. It was just a continuation of what had happened at the Elimination Chamber where Grayson Waller basically was summoned by Roman Reigns 
And he had only something for Grayson Waller to hear. And there was a private conversation. So basically, Grayson Waller took what Roman Reigns told him to the Elimination Chamber. And then on into Monday Night Raw. And we got this match tonight with Cody Rhodes. And it was basically a little stopgap. Hey, go do this for me. Go do this favor for me on the road to WrestleMania. That wasn't even the entire premise of what we needed here tonight. We got Paul Heyman showing up on Monday Night Raw for The Rock and Roman Reigns to confront Cody Rhodes. And basically, this is the first time we've gotten some sort of continuation from anything that's happened in this storyline so far. Everything has kind of been up in the air. We haven't gotten any why. We haven't gotten any explanation on anything. This was the first time we've actually gotten some continuity in this storyline. And whatever Paul Heyman was there for was a direct correlation to what happened at the Elimination Chamber in Perth. At the Chamber, Cody Rhodes challenged The Rock, I presume, to a match at WrestleMania because that's the only place that it should be taking place at, at WrestleMania. He challenged The Rock to a match... I would presume on night one of WrestleMania, being that he's in the main event of night two for the World Heavyweight Championship against Roman Reigns. And Paul Heyman was out there tonight to basically tell Cody, you don't want this match. I'm begging you to rescind this challenge. Do not go through with it or you will regret it. Cody says no. I'm not taking back anything I said. And if this is a premeditated attack by the bloodline, then I'm here to fight and I'm not backing down. Paul Heyman had goons with him that were not the bloodline. They were quote-unquote NYPD undercover cops in San Jose, California. And they attacked Cody Rhodes, or at least tried to, and Cody took them all out. There was three guys. One of them took a steel chair shot to the face that I would not be surprised if he ends up with a broken nose. But Cody took care of them. And at the end of the show, Paul Heyman called both Roman Reigns and The Rock on two iPhones. Now we get The Rock on Friday Night SmackDown. We're not only, we're not only getting The Rock on Friday Night SmackDown, we are getting The Rock on the next three SmackDowns. Believe it or not, The Rock is showing up to work. He's showing up to work, and he's going to be on SmackDown more than Roman Reigns has all year. It's amazing. I know. It's unbelievable. So we'll get that, and I think they're trying to make sense of it. It looks like we may get a nugget of why Cody Rhodes did what he did and believed what The Rock had to tell him when The Rock whispered in his ear on that SmackDown several weeks ago. Cody said something along the lines of, we all grew up loving The Rock, and we were big fans of The Rock, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really explain why. What was the context of what Rock told him? What did Rock tell him? How much of it? was believable enough 
for basically Cody Rhodes to give up his title match and step aside and not challenge the man he wants at WrestleMania. I don't know. We didn't get any answer, but it looks like Cody Rhodes was trying at least to make sense of whatever happened there by telling us, hey, man, I'm a fan of The Rock just like everybody else. I grew up watching The Rock, but then I realized that everything I do, every move I make is a situation where I am keeping food on my family's table and a roof over their head. I don't know if we're ever going to get that answer. But Cody tonight, confronted by Paul Heyman, which is the first sign of continuity here in the entire Cody, Roman, Rock, Universal Heavyweight Championship storyline going into the main event of WrestleMania Night 2 in Philadelphia. I thought what they did was a nice continuation of what they had coming out of the Elimination Chamber. It might not be what we are looking for, but at least it's something. At least it took what happened on Saturday morning and forwarded it to Monday. Because outside of everything we've gotten so far, there's not one instance where I watched something and they continued it on to the next show. This was the first night in which that happened. So I'm taking that as a small W. It's not me raising the flag of, hey man, we won. It's a small victory. I will take a small victory over zero explanation. Simple. The other things that happened tonight, Drew McIntyre, DM hunk. Gotta love Drew McIntyre, man. He is absolutely killing the game right now. I don't know what his contract status is, but it's going to be very difficult for that man to walk into WrestleMania and everybody not wanting him to win the world championship. He's legitimately on fire. He can do no wrong. It's almost as if his new gimmick is everything he says, he's been absolutely 100% factually correct on. It's almost like he's a fortune teller. A Scottish fortune teller. It's unbelievable. He once again threw down CM Punk and threw CM Punk under the bus, injuring CM Punk even further on top of his existing injuries, this time injuring his soul, his heart, which is great. Seth Rollins has been killing it on the road to WrestleMania. He further explained why he's doing what he's doing and why McIntyre is also telling him, I don't want you to get involved with the bloodline. I want you 100% for me. This is my match. This is your championship match. Stop meddling in business that does not concern you. But Seth is so far deep into this. He wants the bloodline extinguished. He wants Roman gone. He wants to save WWE, at least to try to save WWE a little bit alongside Cody Rhodes. Drew McIntyre doesn't want anything to do with that. He wants Seth 100% for him. This is his moment. But Rollins is explaining what he said to Cody, to Drew. And he says, this is a chance for us to do the right thing. And this is something that I'm going to go do with Cody, even if there is a possible regret at the end of everything here. 
I thought what Rollins said alongside Cody was great. I thought what Rollins did tonight was great. McIntyre continues to be on top of his game. And when CM Punk comes back, if Drew McIntyre has re-signed, which I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeling he has, I don't see why he wouldn't. I, I think McIntyre is signed, sealed, and delivered. I don't know who's not reporting it or who's getting this information. I just feel like he's signed. He's staying with the WWE. Because he's still pushing this CM Punk narrative. They got CM Punk or anti-CM Punk Drew McIntyre merchandise out there. He mentioned CM Punk tonight on the show again. Basically throwing it in Punk's face that he's not main eventing WrestleMania. That his spot is now Drew McIntyre's spot. I mean, that match when it happens is going to feed an entire fucking city. I can't wait for that. With what Drew McIntyre is doing right now, if he wins the world championship and he's met with CM Punk as his first opponent back, I mean, that shit's going to be epic going into SummerSlam if Punk can get back in time. But WWE would not be continuing this anti-CM Punk campaign by Drew McIntyre if he wasn't in the plans for it to happen. I just have a sneaking suspicion that he is live, or he is, uh, I'm live, I hope, that he is resigned to WWE. So we'll talk about that in their dialogue. And also, we will go over the Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley situation. Apparently, WWE has the Liv Morgan fans out there upset. Because their girl, Liv, did not win the Elimination Chamber. I'm sorry, guys. I wasn't aware that Liv Morgan was supposed to win the Elimination Chamber because you wanted her to. No matter what story you guys are fabricating in your mind, the same thing remains. Liv Morgan is not Becky Lynch. And there are other factors involved as to why Liv Morgan is not wrestling Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania like you think she should. She could very well be there at the end of all this build. We could get a triple threat match. I don't think it's leading to that. But I honestly think it's going to come down to one thing. Becky Rhea, Becky putting, you know, herself in a situation to put over Rhea, and then you guys will get your match at a different show, not WrestleMania. So we'll go over that as well because there are people online basically starting trends and hashtags for Liv Morgan to be in that position over Becky Lynch. We will talk about it here tonight on the show. Imperium and New Day had a great tag team match. Unbelievable tag team match. I thought that was easily the best thing on the show tonight. Easily. Sami Zayn and Gunther. Is that going to be the Intercontinental Championship match? I don't know. I'm hoping it is. But Chad Gable threw his name into the hat. Dominic Mysterio threw his name into the hat. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. 
And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code SCRIPT50 to get 50% off. That's code SCRIPT50 at factormeals.com slash SCRIPT50 to get 50% off. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Andrade might be throwing his name into the hat. Is Gunther looking at a multi-man match at WrestleMania? I don't know. We will talk about it and go over it tonight on the Monday Night Raw post. I thank you guys for being here with me on this Monday night. I still don't have internet access on my computer. I don't know what's going on. Apparently, my internet's out on my desktop. But I got internet on my iPad. I don't know what's going on. But we're going to roll with it. And I'm glad you guys are here with me. I'm not going to... I'm going to try my best to not mind what the hell's going on here. Because when I get into an issue and run into technical problems, I mentally get fucked up, man, when things don't go my way. I just want to deliver the best show possible for you guys. So hopefully it's coming through Hopefully we're still live. Hopefully you guys are getting what I'm saying. Hopefully I'm coming in loud and clear like we usually do. We'll run with it. But if I could show you what the fuck I'm looking at, I got connect to internet. YouTube's not working, but Twitter's working. Twitter apparently is working for me. I don't know why. Maybe I'm being DDoSed. I don't know. Anyway, follow me on social media. Follow me on X, Twitter, at JD from NY206. X, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I can't tell how many likes we got. Just make sure you hit the thumbs up. I would really appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We got more content coming this week. We're going to hopefully close out the month of February in the best way possible. Make sure you guys tune in 
Tomorrow night, Mr. Baydella and myself will be live with Tuesday Night Titans. Episode number 37 tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. Hopefully no technical difficulties. Should be a great show. We'll, We'll round out all the week's news and go over all the news that came out of the Elimination Chamber. We'll get Drew's perspective on things as always. Tuesday night. The best duo in the IWC when it comes to what we do, man. Thank you guys very much for that. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. And Super Chats are open, which I can't see right now. So I apologize in advance. I might not even be able to read the Super Chats. Hopefully I will be able to. But get them on in. If I don't read them tonight, I'll read them tomorrow. Right now, I can't see anything on my end. Apparently, I can't reach any internet on my desktop, but we're going to try and get into this Monday Night Raw review the best we can. Monday Night Raw opened up with Dominic Mysterio in the middle of the ring, and he introduced Rhea Ripley. Michael Cole talks about her surviving against Nia Jax in Australia. So... Rhea Ripley comes out, and she's out there basically all excited that she went to Australia and she retained that title against Nia Jax. Becky Lynch comes out, and she interrupts Rhea Ripley in her celebration to open Monday Night Raw. Becky congratulated Rhea. She said, what a night you had on Saturday. What a night we both had. Becky won the Elimination Chamber. When Becky mentioned she won the Chamber, we got a couple of boos scattered in San Jose. I'll get to that in a second because it is definitely, it is definitely a situation that we're going to keep an eye on. But Becky mentioned... She won the chamber, little scattered booze around San Jose. When Becky brought up Ripley's title win, same, very mild reaction. Becky brought up Rhea Rhea Ripley's family, seeing her win, and said they won't have to fly to WrestleMania to see her lose. Dominic said nobody should talk to mommy like that. Becky told Dominic to shut his mouth. Becky said Ripley has been the face of this division and has been feeding grapes or has been fed grapes by this loser. I'm sure that the grape feeding is going back and forth between Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio. You're being fed grapes by this loser. And she points at Dominic Mysterio. She said she was a Grand Slam champion while writing a best-selling book. I can do it all, says Becky Lynch. She said she'll be beating Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Rhea Ripley asked if she was done. Then she told Becky not to ever disrespect her Latino heat ever again. She referred to him as Latino heat while she looked dead in the eyes of Becky Lynch. She said it's about time she stops disappointing her and wants something to get closer to her level. Finally, you're on my level. She said, 
She's been the backbone of this division. She said, behind every great man is a greater woman. She said, she's not behind her because mommy is always on top. She tossed the mic down. Her music played. And as Becky and Rhea Ripley started yelling at each other after this segment was over, Rhea Ripley left the ring. Becky kept yelling. And Nia Jax from behind attacked Becky Lynch and delivered several leg drops to Becky Lynch. She tried to set up for the Annihilator, the big splash in the corner, or the bonsai drop. Adam Pearce and other officials immediately ran down to the ring and stopped Nia Jax from further destroying Becky Lynch. This is going to be a problem, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a problem. Becky Lynch, I want to get this out there first before I even get into what I have to say about Becky and Rhea. I want you guys to understand something. I'm a fan of Liv Morgan. I think Liv is great. I think Liv's got the look. I think Liv is adequate in the ring. She's not a Rhea Ripley or a Bianca Belair or a a Becky Lynch. She's not Charlotte. She's not Bailey. She's not EO. Liv Morgan has come a long way. I remember watching Liv Morgan on NXT when she was dating Enzo. She looked like she was basically taken out of training school and put on NXT black and gold and was left there to die. Nothing about her resonated at all. All she was was a beautiful girl from New Jersey. That's all she was. She has transformed herself into a solid in-ring performer for what she has been able to do at this at this juncture at this stage of her career it is commendable she's gotten better she's learned she's still not the complete package like everybody thinks she is but she's a lot better than she was and she's grown and i can respect that you guys got to understand something rhea ripley no matter what her story is This Liv Morgan revenge tour. I understand that Liv Morgan was put on the shelf by Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley turned on Liv Morgan by joining the Judgment Day. Liv Morgan was put out and put out kayfabe. I don't know if she was really hurt. She might have been hurt. I don't know what it was. But it was all part of the storyline. She was put out by Rhea Ripley for three months. Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan had their title reign no matter how irrelevant those titles are, had her title reign ruined by Rhea Ripley. While Rhea Ripley went on to basically win the world championship and become the face of the division. There's been a little bit of a history between Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. Liv Morgan came back at the Royal Rumble, drew number 30, and she was in there with some heavy hitters. She was in there with Jade Cargill. She was in there with Becky Lynch. She was in there with Nia Jax. Liv Morgan had, I would say, an impressive showing in the Royal Rumble. She had an impressive showing at the Elimination Chamber. I mean, for fuck's sake, she eliminated Bianca Belair. She eliminated Tiffany Stratton, who everybody loves in the Elimination Chamber. 
The thing is, guys, the story has taken a back seat. You want me to be blunt with you? You want me to be honest with you? I understand Liv Morgan fans. I understand where you're coming from, and I'm with you. Story should be king. I get it. But WWE's not going to take Liv Morgan. I don't know if you guys remember Liv Morgan's last title run. Did that accumulate to much of anything? It did not. The biggest thing about Liv Morgan was that she cashed in on Ronda Rousey the same night she won the money in the bank and her title reign suffered. It was awful. WWE did nothing with Liv Morgan. She did nothing for the championship and that division floundered with her as champion. And if you don't like what I have to say in that context, I would love for you to prove me wrong. There's now one memorable thing that Liv Morgan did in that entire world championship run that she had that I'm going to go back and say, hey, man, that was great. Hey, man, I remember that. I don't remember a fucking thing about Liv Morgan holding the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't. Why does everybody make it to be a big deal that Liv Morgan needs to wrestle for the Women's Championship? Liv Morgan was put on the shelf. She was injured. Everything while she was injured passed her by. WWE, you guys should be fucking lucky. WWE is continuing to push Liv Morgan in a way in which they want her to be on television in a meaningful way. They had her eliminate Jade Cargill from the fucking Royal Rumble. They had her eliminate... I think she eliminated Jade. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. They had her eliminate Bianca Belair inside the elimination chamber. You guys need to find comfort in the fact that WWE gave Liv Morgan two mini victories over two huge names in that division. The fact that she's not getting a championship match at WrestleMania You guys want to cry home about it and create your own live movement on social media like we did for Cody. It doesn't work that way. You got to understand that Liv Morgan is not at the level of a Becky Lynch, no matter how boring, and I agree with you, no matter how boring Becky Lynch has become. WWE is going with Becky Lynch Because it is the biggest match that they can do this year. WWE has one priority in mind. It's not Liv Morgan. It's not even Becky Lynch. I don't think the Liv Morgan fans understand the priority here. The priority is Rhea Ripley. There's nothing to do with Becky Lynch. Nothing. Becky Lynch is merely there. To put over Rhea Ripley. That is it. Rhea Ripley is not losing that championship. Nor should she lose the championship. Anytime soon. Becky is there to put over Rhea. That's what will happen. That is the match. Rhea Ripley will not be enhanced by beating Liv Morgan. It's a nothing match that could barely main event a Raw. The priority here is enhancing Rhea Ripley. 
You do that by putting her in the ring with Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch did it for Tiffany Stratton. Becky Lynch did it for Lyra Valkyria. And now Becky Lynch is going to do it for Rhea Ripley. Just like Charlotte last year did it for Rhea Ripley. Last year was stage one. Charlotte and Rhea had zero story. Yet they they churned out probably one of the best women's matches of the modern era. But the Liv Morgan fans want to live in this fantasy realm where they think Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley don't have a story. Of course they have a story. You could go back four years to NXT. They have a fucking story. You could go back and watch several weeks worth of Monday Night Raw where Becky Lynch gave you her reason as to why she needs to beat Becky Lynch after the year she's had. I understand that you may think that Liv's story is better than Becky's story, but Liv isn't Becky. This isn't about Liv. This isn't about Becky. This is about Rhea. Liv will not get Rhea where WWE needs her to be. Becky will. I don't know how else to explain it to you. You can sit there and cry about your Liv Morgan movement on social media. WWE's not going to change a fucking thing for Liv Morgan. They're not. They may. Not saying it's not going to happen. They may add Liv Morgan to the Becky Lynch-Rhea Ripley match. But what will that do? Liv Morgan will be a third wheel in a match where it's all going to be about Becky and Rhea. Liv Morgan will be put in a match, if that's the case, that she will inevitably lose. Why do you want her in a match, whether it's one-on-one or one-against-one-against-one? Why do you want her in a match that she will inevitably lose? Again, I tell you guys, it's not about Liv, and it's not even about Becky. It's about Rhea. Once you get that through your skulls, I think you guys will sleep easier at night. Also, just as the little cherry on top of the cake here, WWE needs to give you, and yes, there is story. I don't want to hear people tell me there's no story. You want no story? Go look at Charlotte and Rhea last year. There was no fucking story. No matter how you want to conjure a story, there was no story. None. Give me a fucking break. All they did was go back and forth and try to one-up each other and attack each other post-match, every fucking match on Raw, on SmackDown. They tried to manufacture some heat where there was none. You know what they did? They went out there and gave you a great match. That's what everybody's still talking about to this day. That's what Becky and Rhea will do. But just as a, a cherry on top of this Sunday here, you want to know why they're doing Becky and Rhea at WrestleMania? Because Brock Lesnar was ousted, not by name, everybody's assuming it's him, in the Janelle Grant court documents. He was supposed to wrestle Gunther. I don't know, by my calculations, that's a fucking big match. That WWE, not because they wanted to, because they had to, they had to axe off the WrestleMania card. CM Punk went down with injury. That's a major fucking name who just showed back up after 10 years, who was going to be in the main event of night one of WrestleMania against Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. He's not on the show. WWE 
It's not doing Roman versus Rock this year because they realized that it was not the time to do so. So they stepped back. Liv Morgan fans, you want WWE to give you Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley instead of Becky Lynch when they had Rollins versus Punk eliminated, Gunther versus Lesnar eliminated, and Rock versus Roman eliminated? You want them to give away a fourth match at WrestleMania, a mega match at WrestleMania because... We need to make the Liv Morgan fans, oh, we need to make them happy. Stop booking the show with your, the men. The, the, the men stands are, are fucking disgusting on social media. Stop booking with your balls and cock. Ladies, stop booking with your fucking, oh my God, I want to be Liv Morgan so bad. She's so beautiful. Stop booking with your cock and balls. Stop booking with your hormones. And start booking with fucking logic. You might not like what I have to say, but I would love for any one of you to clip this entire 10-minute fucking segment and prove that I am wrong. Here's a spoiler. I'm not, and you can't. Sorry. Your mid-level match that people will forget by the time it's over and will be a fucking blimp, a blip on the radar at WrestleMania. That's what you want? You'll get your match at Backlash where it will get the proper priority when Rhea beats Becky. And Liv can finish her tour and take it overseas and inevitably lose because nobody's being Rhea Ripley. If there's one person to beat Rhea Ripley, it's Bianca Belair, and that's the match that they're booking towards next year in Las Vegas. Sorry, folks. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but don't kill the messenger. Moving on. We've got 2,700 people in here. Thank you guys for all your support. Are we number one? I got to check if we're number one, man. I can't see a fucking thing. Are we number one? Yeah, we are. Even with no fucking internet, we're number one. Great. Moving on. Hopefully that cleared up. Hopefully that cleared up everything for you Liv Morgan fans, man. Clip it. Or better yet, go Google it. The second point I wanted to make here. It's fucking hot in here, man. You know, when you speak in truth, you know, it's kind of hot in here, man. I got the heat on. The second point I wanted to make is Becky is undoubtedly going to put Rhea Ripley over. No doubt about it. But WWE needs to be very, very, very careful here. They are walking into Philadelphia, which in the WrestleMania universe is the smartest Mark crowd that there is all year. Becky will not be walking in the overwhelming babyface. In fact, Becky may be the heel going into this match, and not because she wants to play the heel, not because she is a heel, but she may be forced to play the heel. Because the whole thing is, again, building Rhea Ripley up, 
and getting Rhea Ripley ready for a post-Judgment Day character, which will be a babyface. Becky Lynch is not going to be the babyface like she has been in all her other feuds against Rhea Ripley. She won't be. There's no possible way that will happen. Rhea Ripley is too over, and Rhea Ripley is going to beat Becky Lynch at WrestleMania and retain the Women's World Championship. Something you, ha- something you guys have to keep an eye out for. It's going to be very, very interesting to see the reaction Becky Lynch gets at WrestleMania. Because it's already started via this promo back and forth with Rhea Ripley. Nia Jax. Nia Jax and Becky Lynch apparently still have unfinished business. Nia is upset. She lost to Rhea Ripley in Australia. We're getting this match again next week. Adam Pearce made it official after this post-match attack later on in the show. I don't really see the point of it because Becky's not losing on the road to WrestleMania. I don't know how this factors in with Liv Morgan. I don't know who Nia Jax is going to wrestle at WrestleMania. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see where they put Liv and where they put Nia in this entire championship picture or this women's division picture. Because when Becky beats Nia, it will be clear that Becky and Rhea are headed one-on-one. Where does that leave Liv? Where does that leave Nia? Are they going to leave Nia off the show? Nia has been a huge factor in the entire women's division since she's gotten back. And she's only gotten better, believe it or not. She's actually done great work. So I don't know where she fits in. I put out a tweet tonight. I legitimately thought after this attack on Becky Lynch that we'd get Jed Cargill debuting. It would be the right place to do so five weeks before WrestleMania and following a major pay-per-view that held 52,000 fucking people. I thought we were going to get Jed Cargill coming to make the save because Nia was going to destroy Liv Morgan. I thought we were going to get the seeds planted for Jade Cargill-Nia Jax one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Now, we still could very well get that with five weeks left to go. But, again, I don't know where these women go. I don't know what WWE's got planned for Nia or Liv at WrestleMania. And like I said, there is a small sliver of a chance that Liv Morgan gets added to the Women's Championship match. But I don't know what that would do because she would only be there to take the pinfall. She'd lose. It's going to be very interesting to see what WWE does with the women's division. They've seemingly made a little bit of it interesting. Not by much. The division overall is still a fucking problem. But it's been better. And this Rhea and Becky match, you'll know why they did it at the end of it at WrestleMania. Michael Cole. He read a tweet from The Rock saying he'll be at SmackDown on March 8th. In Dallas, Texas, and March 15th in Memphis, Tennessee, he wrote, you can feel the uptick, the excitement, the energy, and disruption happening now in pro wrestling. It's super cool to see. It's great. Show up to work and tell me some fucking stories. I don't give a shit where you show up or what you need to say. Focus all that energy on giving us an explanation on Friday in regards to Cody Rhodes. Sami Zayn, he went one-on-one with Shinsuke Nakamura. First match to open the show, went 15 minutes. 
Sami Zayn's story is getting to WrestleMania. How are we going to get Sami on WrestleMania's card? And who will he be wrestling in Philadelphia? I have no idea. I could give you some suggestions, and we will in just a little bit. Nakamura has nothing to do with WrestleMania. He's only here to enhance Sami Zayn and whomever he is in the ring with. Man, I always go back and think about their match at TakeOver Dallas, WrestleMania 32 weekend. One of the best WWE matches of the modern era. Probably a defining moment for NXT Black and Gold. It was unbelievable. Everything about it, the presentation, the commentary, everything about it was just fucking unbelievable. Everything. So to see them wrestle again, I can't hate it. I can't sit here and tell you I didn't like it. But I will say that the two commercial breaks in between this thing did not help it whatsoever. Sami Zayn is an amazing storyteller. You believe everything he says. You want to be there for him. You're invested in him. Sami Zayn's not six foot eight. He doesn't look like Randy Orton or Drew McIntyre. He is not the most attractive guy on the roster. He doesn't look like uh, he doesn't look like AJ Styles. He don't look like Roman Reigns. But what Sami does almost better than anybody is make you believe. It's the same thing that Brian Danielson did better than anybody in WWE. He made you believe. Daniel Bryan was the common man in WWE. He was the working man's pro wrestler. He didn't look like Roman Reigns. He was not Roman Reigns. He was never the fucking apple of Vince's eye. He was too small. He was an indie guy. But Brian was the guy that you modeled yourself after. You found what Brian did relatable. You went to work and you struggled to move up in your job or at your profession. You had a problem with your boss on a day-to-day. That was Brian. And everything that Brian did, the anger that was seething in Brian, fighting the authority, that was you. Sami Zayn is the same thing. Fighting to keep food on your table, living paycheck to paycheck, happy with living your mediocre life because you're grateful for everything that comes your way. You work hard. And you earn everything by putting in that work. That's Sami Zayn's story. Sami Zayn's story is relatable to me. It's relatable to me because I gave up Working dead-end fucking bullshit jobs at the watch place, selling jewelry, working fucking coffee shops. I was living paycheck to paycheck. I never felt how it should be to live life not worrying about any of that shit. And when I bought my first car, I felt good. When I bought the Dark Horse back in December... I felt fucking proud. Do you want to know why I felt proud? Because I know exactly, and you guys know it because you've been with me through everything. You guys know exactly what I put into this show. The blood, the sweat, the tears, the graphics, the money spent, the money you 
This is why the channel and the support for the channel means the fucking world to me because everything you guys give me, I give right back to you. You think these, you think this fucking, this layout here, you think this graphic shit is fucking cheap? Everything you guys do, I give right back. I invest. You're invested in me, and I'm invested in you. Sami Zayn is invested in himself and getting to where he needs to be, and we're invested in Sami Zayn. That's why Sami Zayn and his story, to me, is one of the better stories going into WrestleMania. Who he wrestles, I don't know. Will it be Gunther? Will it be a multi-man match? We'll get to that point in a second. Smash with Nakamura didn't really do much for me through the two commercial breaks. It was towards the end. The reason why I went on that whole spiel about Sami Zayn and working hard and earning it and all this other nonsense. Sami Zayn makes you believe. It's towards the end of this match. We'll pick it up after the commercial break. They come right back. Half the match took place in the fucking commercial. Sami Zayn hit a blue thunder bomb. He goes for a near fall. Never gets it. I could count on one hand how many times Sami Zayn won with the blue thunder bomb. Nakamura blocked the haluva kick. He hit a knee strike. Hit a Kinshasa off the middle rope. He goes for recovery. Gets a two count. Nakamura hit another knee strike to the back of Zayn's head while outside the ring. Zayn barely beat the 10 count, but Nakamura nailed him with a running knee. And after Zayn got his foot on the rope, Zayn sidestepped another strike, hit a haluva kick to the back of Nakamura's head. Zayn hit one more haluva kick for the pinfall. One, two, three, and Zayn beats Nakamura. It's those near falls at the end. That foot on the rope got the crowd going. Zayn sidestep, hit that haluva kick. Then delivered another one and won the match. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. Sami Zayn wins. And I was saying, and I jumped the gun a little bit like I usually do. I do that sometimes. I was wanting more from Sami Zayn. After this match should have been a promo. Addressing the live audience. How this this win was important to him. What this win meant to him. What he wants to accomplish now with five weeks left to go. On the road to WrestleMania. We did get that. Not in the ring, but it was backstage with Jackie Redman. Good match. It was after two commercial breaks where we finally got that investment. The the fans bought into Sami Zayn. Good stuff. There was a video recapping New Day and Imperium. Then they showed Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston arriving to the arena earlier in the day. WWE, they announced today that the 2K24 DLC will include Diamond Dallas Page, Post Malone, Jade Cargill, The Dudleys, Nia Jax, Pat McAfee, and CM Punk. Pat McAfee is in the game. Going to be curious to see what Pat McAfee's rating is in 2K24. Logan Paul is rated the same thing as Gunther. I wonder what they rate Pat McAfee. We'll see. I may actually end up getting it. 
I may wait a little bit for it to go on sale because usually they hype this thing up and then it's the same game as fucking last year with some new characters, same shit. I may wait for it to go on sale a little bit, but I may jump in. Right now, the one thing on my mind is Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I may dive into that uh, Helldivers 2. I love me a good uh, MMO. Looter shooter. We'll see. I don't know. And there's something else that I'm interested in. I don't know what it is. Uh, obviously, I still play Destiny. I don't know. Final Fantasy is the only thing I got on my mind right now. That's it. Nothing else. Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. I don't know, man. Everybody loves Chelsea Green. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't find her to be funny. I don't find her to be witty. I don't find her to be entertaining. I don't know. I don't, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm alone on this island. I don't know. I, I just don't see it. I'd love for someone to tell me what I'm not seeing. Chelsea Green stood middle of the ring after uh, the WWE 2K list of DLC. She said she filed a formal complaint with WWE management and she'll be competing in protest. Shouldn't it, be, shouldn't it be the other way around? That you won't be competing? She said last week she would have won the last chance battle royal and would have gone on to win the chamber if Pierce hadn't added that secret, stupid last entrant, Raquel Rodriguez. I'm not going to make fun of Raquel, man. Raquel's going through some... Uh, some tough times, man. She's going through some. I forgot the the uh, I forgot the uh, disease that she's kind of going under right now. She it looks like a terrible, terrible thing. So I'm I'm gonna lay off the Raquel making fun of Raquel Rodriguez. Okay. She looks happy to be there. Great. So she called it a fraudulent decision. She said the people wanted to see her because she's the star, not Raquel. She then took a shot at the San Jose Sharks, which obviously was the cheap heat that drew the loudest booze of the night here for her. She said after tonight, after the fans quiet down, she'll prove that she is a loser by kicking Raquel's ass. Raquel Rodriguez and Chelsea Green had a match that went two minutes, and Chelsea Green... Did not do a fucking thing. Green slapped her and then dropped her with a lariat. She followed with an overhead slam. And then she finished Green off with a Tejana bomb. Rodriguez, rather. She did uh, all that. Uh, Tejana bomb on Green, and that was it for the two minutes. I don't know what else you want me to say, man. It was a barn burner of a match for two minutes. Raquel then started to yell at Chelsea and asked what the win meant to her. And that was basically, uh, it's basically it for Raquel. I don't know what Raquel's doing at WrestleMania. I don't think she's going to factor much into WrestleMania, but here we are, man. The women's division, like I said, they're trying. They're trying to get some women over. Raquel's back on TV. Chelsea seems to be doing her solo thing now. That Piper Niven apparently has got a broken hand. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. So we go backstage and we get Jackie Redman 
interviewing Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was asked what that win over Nakamura meant. Sami said it meant everything. He said if he hadn't won, he can't even say it would what what it would have done to him. It would have hurt him. It would have derailed his WrestleMania momentum. He said he still believes he can be a contender for any title. He says his win tonight reaffirmed that belief that he can be a champion in WWE and find his path on the road to WrestleMania. In walked Ludwig Kaiser. Alongside him, Giovanni Vinci. They both eyed him, gave him a nasty look, and walked away. Gunther then followed behind, holding the Intercontinental Championship. He looks at Sami Zayn and laughed in his face as he walks away. So there's tease number one of the night. Gunther walking by Sami Zayn, and I'm like, injected into my veins, take my money, book it for WrestleMania. I'm all in on Sami Zayn versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. It looked like we were getting it. It looked like after last week, that's where they were going. And then we see Sami Zayn and Gunther in the same promo. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case because WWE is really making you wonder what Gunther is going to be doing now that he's not wrestling Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Sami Zayn's only one name. There are other names on this roster that want that intercontinental title. Several of them. We may not be getting that one-on-one match like we thought after this segment was over. Jackie Redman interviewed Cody Rhodes backstage. She asked about his strategy challenging The Rock. She said a lot of people are questioning it because of his match at WrestleMania already with Roman Reigns. Cody defended the decision and said he'll await his response this Friday on SmackDown from Dwayne himself. Really? You know, Cody, I would not be so sure that we get an explanation, man. The one thing that we have not gotten in this storyline is any explanation, especially from Rock. He may be waiting another three weeks for a fucking explanation. On top of the explanations that were already owed several weeks before this. She asked about his match later against Grayson Waller. Cody said Waller has a ton of skills. Said Waller should like him. Because he gave him big moments on the Grayson Waller effect twice. And now he gets to main event Raw against him. Imperium make their way to the ring. They showed a clip or a still image of Michael Cole tweeting out for the first time in 19 months. Good on Michael Cole to have the, the, the manpower, the willpower. To stay off of Twitter for 19 months. Oh, my goodness, man. That man is an influence and an inspiration to us all. He snapped a photo of McAfee and Gunther in the same photo. And he posted a photo of McAfee saying he's kissing up to Gunther while explaining why he embarrassed Gunther by dancing on the table last week during the main event when Gunther defended the Intercontinental title against Jey Uso. McAfee said, I can't help but dance when I hear the music, but the eye contact of Gunther 
made me want to poop my pants. This is the third week in a row that Pat McAfee's mentioned shit on commentary. Is Vince back in Gorilla? Is Vince McMahon secretly on the headset in Gorilla that Pat McAfee has now mentioned shit three weeks in a row? Gunther stood in between Vinci and Kaiser. He talked about people making requests for who will challenge him at WrestleMania. He listed Sami Zayn, Chad Gable, The Miz, and even R-Truth. The, the, the Miz got no reaction. Chad Gable got somewhat of a reaction. Sami Zayn got a great reaction. R-Truth got the biggest reaction. Because to show you how over R-Truth is. Nobody but Sami Zayn and Chad Gable on this list of people. Those are the only two guys I care about. All of a sudden, we hear The Other Side by Alter Bridge, and Judgment Day walks down to the ring. Priest and the rest of Judgment Day get in the ring. They stepped up to Gunther and Imperium. Priest said, Big Bad Gunther, we don't sweat you. He said, Gunther's hot run is seconds to only theirs. He says they ran the table at the Elimination Chamber and they plan to do the same thing at WrestleMania. He says they plan to add more gold. He says that gold includes the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther then smiled and asked, well, who is it of Judgment Day that's going to be challenging me? Is it going to be Finn Balor? Or the one with the big head over there? Obviously, that's a J.D. McNugget reference. Dominic stepped forward, chewing his gum and pointing at the title. Gunther seemed amused here. Fans booed. Dominic said, whatever Judgment Day wants, Judgment Day gets. He shoved Gunther, or uh, Gunther rather, shoved Dominic. Shoot him away. Priest was angry that Gunther put his hands on Dominic and he had to be held back by J.D. McCafe and Finn Balor. He was pissed. Damian Priest was pissed. The segment went off the air with Damian Priest continuing to yell at Gunther and Gunther held up the championship, basically throwing it in Damian Priest's face. This title's mine, bitch. You ain't getting nothing or anywhere close to it. A lot of people are wondering why WWE did this specific segment with the Judgment Day and Imperium. I want to preface this by saying I don't care for Gunther versus Dominic. Nobody. Nobody wants to see that match. It's not a WrestleMania match. Dominic is not beating Gunther. I'm sorry. Nowhere near that happening is Dominic Mysterio. Damian Priest, I don't really care to see that match or him cashing in that briefcase for the Intercontinental title. No. Now, we've been there already with Austin Theory. Give me a fucking break. The Money in the Bank briefcase should be for a world title. Why do you want to cash in on an Intercontinental title? It is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. I don't want to see Dominic. I don't want to see Damian Priest. 
I don't want to see Miz. I don't want to see R-Truth. Sami Zayn, I will accept. Chad Gable, I will accept. A three-way match between all three of those guys, I will accept. I don't want to see those other things that I just mentioned. Now, WWE did this segment for one reason and one reason only. Either A, they don't know exactly where they want to go with Gunther's opponent. And they're still mapping out the ideas and the plans. Or B, WWE knows and they want to ride this wave, build some intrigue, some interest, and string you along with as many questions as possible. Now, in this case, I would just rather them give me a fucking match and then build a story. I don't know why we got to wait. So who is Gunther wrestling in WrestleMania? I don't know. Sami Zayn looked like he was the guy coming out of last week's show, going into this week's show, and now we might not be getting that one-on-one match after this specific segment. Chad Gable showed up in Adam Pearce's office later in the show, and he requested a match against Gunther. And he's got a valid reason, more valid than anybody else that wants a shot at Gunther at WrestleMania. And he mentioned his daughter. The look on his daughter's face when Gunther laughed at his family after beating him. He says that image never left him. And he wants that match to erase that memory once and for all. He's got a valid point. He's got a very valid reason, does Chad Gable. But the thing is, WWE did not do anything to continue that story. They had Gable feuding with Ivar. They had Gable teaching Maxine Dupree how awful of a wrestler she is. They had Gable dancing with Tozawa. They didn't really do anything to enhance the image of Chad Gable wanting to be the guy to beat Gunther. He's been more of a comedy character than anything. Now, all of a sudden, WWE wants to get back to that Chad Gable that we all wanted to see in the first place. So is it going to be Sami Zayn? Is it going to be Chad Gable? Who is it going to be? Adam Pearce also took a phone call from Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed's not on the show. Bronson Reed was supposed to be at the Elimination Chamber. Bronson Reed was supposed to wrestle Seth Rollins at the Elimination Chamber, but a mixture of Rollins' injury and Bronson Reed's wife giving birth, obviously plans changed, so he never made the trip. Bronson Reed has also, just like Jey Uso, vowed to win singles gold in WWE. Clearly, it's not going to be the world title. Clearly, he's talking about the Intercontinental title. So again, I ask, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Sami Zayn? Is it going to be Chad Gable? Is it going to be Bronson Reed? Is it going to be Dominic Mysterio? Who is it going to be? I would much rather see a one-on-one match. I would. Sami Zayn, I mean, you can sell that to a fucking blind man. Sami Zayn versus Gunther at WrestleMania is the prototypical fucking David versus Goliath match that will have everybody on the edge of their seat 
And what an epic moment. It is going to be insanely difficult for you to watch that match and not want Sami Zayn to end Gunther's reign. But the thing is, folks, and I mean this in all sincerity, I've already explained this to you. I've already explained this to you, not in this way, but WWE's basically going the long way to what I've already explained to you. They don't want to pin Gunther. Instead of Gunther beating somebody and then going on to the world title or Gunther winning at WrestleMania, retaining the title and winning money in the bank to cash in the briefcase at Bash in Berlin, holding both titles only to vacate one. And then we hold a tournament. This is what I pitched. But this is when Lesnar was still in the picture. Gunther beating Lesnar or Gunther wrestling Rollins and holding both championships at the end of night one only to vacate the Intercontinental title on the Raw after Mania. I've already explained this to you. WWE is just taking the longer road to get there. They don't want to pin Gunther is what I'm getting here. You don't need a fucking PhD in pro wrestling to figure that one out. They don't want to pin Gunther. Triple H wants Gunther to remain unbeaten until he has to drop that world championship, which may be three years from now. So WWE's idea, instead of doing Sami Zayn versus Gunther, Sami Zayn versus Chad Gable, or uh, Gunther rather versus Chad Gable, WWE may give us a multi-person match at WrestleMania so that two things happen here. One, Gunther doesn't have to take a pinfall. Gunther could lose that championship and not have to take a pinfall. And B, they want to get as many people involved on WrestleMania because A, the show could use it, and B, Triple H does not want to leave out any of his top-tier guys. So instead of Sami Zayn versus Gunther or Chad Gable versus Gunther, we may be looking at Gunther defending the Intercontinental Championship in a six-man ladder match at WrestleMania against Sami Zayn, Gunther, Sami Zayn, Dominic Mysterio, Chad Gable, Bronson Reed, and Andrade. That's what you could be looking at. Now, do I have a problem with that? Fuck no, I don't have a problem with that. It's going to break my heart to see Gunther lose that Intercontinental Championship, but I know he will be just fine on the other side of that because at the other end of that match, he's not going to have a pinfall loss. He'll probably end up being Mr. Money in the Bank and he'll end up world champion. That's what we're looking at here. I have no problem with any of that. Can you imagine that ladder match? Let me repeat that again to you guys, just in case you're still sold on, oh, I want a one-on-one match. So do I. So do I. But I also explained to you weeks ago, I would rather Sami Zayn win the Royal Rumble next year and challenge Gunther next year at WrestleMania for the World Championship and beat him. That's what I would do. Gunther defends the Intercontinental Championship against Sami Zayn, 
Chad Gable, Andrade, Bronson Reed, and Dominic Mysterio. Now I ask the question, who wins? Match is fucking unpredictable now, ain't it? Does Sami Zayn win it? Does Chad Gable win it? I don't know. Could be a ladder match. Could be a gauntlet match. Could be a six-way scramble match. I don't fucking know what they'll, they're going to do. Knowing everybody, it'll be a ladder match because that's a staple at WrestleMania. It's always been a staple at WrestleMania, especially for the IC title. We'll see what happens. Just throwing that out there to you guys. That's why I'm the best in the business. I know you were all thinking it. And the fact that I'm saying it, and you're probably agreeing with me and said... Hey, man, I thought the same thing. Hey, man, I tweeted the same thing. Hey, I like it. There you go. I'm telling you right now, I would rather a one-on-one match. That's just the way that I am. I'm more old school. Champion, challenger, pinfall, new champion, move on. But with those names in a ladder match, I don't know why anybody would complain. Rhea Ripley. Backstage, she walked up to Dominic and asked, of all people, Gunther? Dominic says, he's got it. No, you don't, bro. She said, he better get it. Bala told him to go suit that over with mommy. He bumped into Andrade and said, long time no see. He said, he'd see him around. Andrade says he has a meeting with Pierce to determine his first opponent. It may be Dominic Mysterio. But that little interaction between Dominic and Rhea Ripley, man, that's just another small seed planted for Rhea Ripley, the priority here, to move away from Judgment Day and realize she doesn't need Dominic Mysterio anymore as she moves on to a babyface role. Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. First, the new day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. One thing I will say about this match, I love the fact that New Day showed up in street fight clothing. They showed up in jeans and boots. Love it. How stupid does it look when someone shows up for a fucking street fight wearing their ring gear? Like, bro, we're supposed to be mimicking fighting in the streets. Like, uh, final, what was that? Uh, final fight? Come on, man. Show up in some fucking street fight attire. Jeans, t-shirt, ripped clothing. Bring some fucking garbage cans and some kendo sticks and get to work. New Day did that. This was fucking great. This has probably been the best match. I, I'll say this. This has probably been the best televised match that WWE's put on so far when it comes to Raw and SmackDown. This was great. Fucking great. This may be one of the best matches that WWE, talking about WWE specifically, has put on all year. It's went 18 minutes. The commercial breaks fucking killed it. But they went 18 minutes, and both teams have been fucking great. I've said this for weeks. This feud with Imperium and New Day does not include a title. There's no championships on the line. 
This is just a straight-up old-school tag team feud where both teams don't like each other. They got a reason to be feuding. The New Day tried to, you know, go at Imperium, and Imperium fucking almost ended Kofi's career doing what they did to him on the Steel Steps weeks ago. Kaiser left him a bloody mess. Xavier Woods comes back. They want revenge. Simple story. Very simple story to tell. No titles on the line. A revenge angle here between Imperium and New Day. New Day want to get revenge on Imperium. Everything that we've seen so far has been great. The action's been great. The matches have been great. The feud has made both teams better. Both teams are over. Just solidifies the tag team division. It makes the tag team division overall a stronger division when you have a feud like this. Both teams are considered contenders now after this. Even though the New Day lost, they are considered serious contenders. Everything about this has been fantastic. And I tell you, man, when the New Day wants to get serious, it is very difficult to find a team better than the New Day. I love it. This was great. New Day hit dives early on Imperium. They fight into the crowd. Kaiser T's grabbing a table, but put it back because the crowd asked for it. And he's a heel. Love it. He put it right back underneath the table. It was a great shot in the crowd where we came back from commercial break and this, this overhead shot is just looking at the sold-out crowd in San Jose. I think it was Kaiser who took a, a soda or a beverage and nailed it over one of the New Day's heads, and you see the fucking remnants of the of the drink just go flying into the crowd onto some poor schmuck sitting there. Look great. Nice aerial shot. So, after the table spot, Kaiser tried to uh, put the table underneath the, underneath the ring. He did not want to give the crowd what they wanted. So... He grabbed the chair instead, and Imperium drop-kicked the chair into Wood's face. Kingston, he takes Imperium and hits them with a high crossbody before body-slamming Kaiser onto Vinci. Kingston tried to grab a table, but Imperium brought him back into the ring with a double suplex. Kingston dropped Kaiser with a knee strike, but Vinci dropped him with a clothesline. Vinci hit Woods repeatedly with a kendo stick, and we go to a second commercial break. So Kingston, he takes the commentary chair that Pat McAfee's sitting in, and he throws it into Kaiser's face before driving Vinci into the steel steps like Kaiser did to him weeks ago. Kingston and Woods took turns hitting Kaiser with kendo sticks. Woods called out. And threw, and threw it back to the old Dudleys. Get the tables. Crowd popped for the tables. I don't know what it is with these crowds chanting, we want tables, we want tables. Is it a fetish? Everywhere you go, every time there's a hardcore match, we want tables. Okay. Don't know where that got started, but they got the tables. Kingston placed Vinci on the table. Outside. And Woods goes up top. He delivered a fucking beautiful elbow drop through Vinci, through the table. Vinci, it looked like he got an elbow right to the face. Beautiful sound of the table snapping. It was great. Woods had him beat in the ring, but Kaiser pulled the referee out at a two. Kingston did a suicide dive, which 
then got the crowd to chant, this is awesome. Vinci, his back was bloodied, shoved Kingston off the top, threw a table that he set up earlier on the outside, and Woods hit, uh, and hit Woods in the head with a baking sheet. This is where things just broke down. So Vinci shoved Kingston when he went to the top, off the top rope. He goes crashing through the table on the outside that Kingston himself set up. So then he takes a baking sheet, hits Woods in the head with it. Kaiser drove Woods into a steel chair that was wedged in between second and third ropes and followed that up with a roll-up for the one, two, three, and Imperium. End this feud with the New Day, I hope. I don't know what more they could do here. They beat the shit out of each other. Imperium beat the New Day and have ended this feud with both Xavier and Kofi Kingston. Excellent. This was great, great shit. Love it. Don't know where they go, but I'm telling you, man, when the tag team titles come back around and they get off Judgment Day, if Imperium is not holding those belts, I don't know what we're doing. I'm envisioning Imperium and DIY in a long-term feud towards the end of the year. Adam Pearce was on the phone with Bronson Reed. Like I mentioned before, Bronson Reed, he called in. Adam Pearce said, it's on the forefront of everyone's mind, and I will definitely take it into consideration. There's only one thing he's talking about, and that is championship gold, Gunther. He congratulated him on his wife giving birth. Chad Gable then walks in. And he says he knows Gunther is looking for his WrestleMania match. He says he's coming to him as a competitor and a father. Just don't tell Christian Cage. He says he came close last time to beating Gunther, but what haunts him is that he brought his daughter to tears, did Gunther. He said to everyone else, a match against Gunther is just about the title, but to him it means that much more. Pierce shook his hand and he said, you know what? You've given me a lot to think about. I don't know. Ladder match seems to be incoming. Or maybe we get a tournament. I don't know. There's only, there's only one. Listen, there's three options we could go here. We get a scramble match to determine a number one contender. We get a tournament to crown a number one contender. And we get a one-on-one match with that person against Gunther. Or we get a ladder match and we throw everybody involved. I think everybody's probably going to go with the ladder match. Just makes the most sense. Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Who cares? I don't care. Two minutes. Baszler and Stark win. Indy Hartwell tapped out to the Kirifuda clutch. Why would anybody give a shit about this? Don't know. Backstage. Johnny Gargano. He was with Tommaso Ciampa. No, they are not. Degeneration X. Ms. Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa joined R-Truth, sitting by himself, reminiscing about his days in the Judgment Day. Truth said Judgment Day were gone for the night. He said he was reminiscing about the good old days, looking at his Judgment Day t-shirt. Champa asked Truth if he's ready. 
Truth, though, he's looking at them, thinking that they're still Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Oh, are, are, are we ready? Are we ready to do Regeneration X? Miz said, no, Truth, it's Degeneration X. You know what? It doesn't matter. Yes, it's Regeneration X. Truth then got up and picked up the TV, the old school 1980s TV that he brought to the Judgment Day's headquarters and carried it away. And Johnny Gargano asked him if it was a wireless TV. The TV wasn't even plugged in when R-Truth picked it up. Michael Cole then said, that's probably better than the monitors we got out here at commentary. Bring it over here. Ridiculous. Now we got Regeneration X. If Triple H isn't living vicariously through fucking Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, man, I'd love to know what the fuck he's doing. Seriously. Yeah, break it down. DM Hunk. Oh, my goodness. DM Hunk. One of the best things about Monday Night Raw is that guy, DM Hunk, man. He's looking great. Drew McIntyre's out there. He makes his entrance. Commentary talked about his chamber win on Saturday morning. This Drew McIntyre feels different, says Michael Cole. Drew gets in the ring. He's got a microphone. He says, we did it. We did it. Drew says, you don't achieve success alone. So we thanked everyone for praying harder than they ever prayed in their lives. He said because of them, he'll be facing Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. He says he feels like hell and is jet lagged. He says he got hurt in the match and he's possibly got a burst eardrum. He says he had a bit of an incident after the show. He said the doctor told him that there was a chance he might not make WrestleMania for a busted eardrum. Drew McIntyre is not missing WrestleMania for a busted fucking eardrum. He said the doctor told him there was a chance he might not make WrestleMania. He then said... He looked at the doctor and said, who do you think I am, CM Punk? Nothing is going to make me miss WrestleMania. Gotta love that guy, DM Hunk. Drew then sits in the middle of the ring, and he sits cross-legged in the middle of the ring like CM Punk usually does. He says he knows it hurt Punk not to make WrestleMania and it probably kills him that he's facing Seth at WrestleMania. He says he thought about him after his win. He says he knows Punk is straight edge. So he drank twice as much for both of them after winning the chamber. He asked Seth to come to the ring. Let's talk. Seth Rollins did. Seth Rollins is in there. He let the fans sing his song. He addressed the crowd and welcomed them to Monday Night Rollins. He asked Seth, uh, Drew asked Seth why he's making things so hard for himself 
getting involved with Cody and The Rock. He says he wants him 100%. What are you doing? He says he wouldn't pee on SmackDown if it was on fire. He says he doesn't want his win over him to be tainted. So for God's sakes, Seth, back off. Seth removed his sunglasses. Fans were singing his song. Seth obviously milked every fucking minute of it. Seth says he respects everything he just said, but some risks are worth taking. Seth said, Drew has known him for a long time, and he knows what he's all about. He says he knows he's thought about it all and all the possible negative outcomes. He said that's why he's the architect and the visionary. He says he might be right. He says his knee might not be ready and his back might give out and the bloodline might leave him broken in their wake. So it might be an easy night for him. He says he might be right, but what if he's wrong? He said some risks are worth taking. He says he's been selfish at times in his life and he felt the goal at the end of the road would fill a void. But every time he got to that point, he felt empty inside. He says it was when he had his daughter that he realized not everything is about him. He said there are some things in this life that are bigger than all of us. Taking down the bloodline is bigger than us, he says. He asked Drew what happens if they don't take down the bloodline before WrestleMania. He said the bloodline want power and it's only a matter of time before they come for the world Heavyweight Championship. You might be right, but what if you're wrong? He says if they can rip the bloodline apart once and for all and then secure the future of the industry, that's what we need to do because if we can do all of that, then at WrestleMania, Drew, it's just you, me, and the world heavyweight title. May the best man win. And some risks are worth taking. I thought this was a great promo. I love the fact that Drew McIntyre is at the top of his fucking WWE career at this point. Bigger than any time in his career. When he was the world champion during the pandemic. When he was in NXT. Getting his feet wet again upon returning to the company. He is doing the best work of his career right now. Drew McIntyre. I don't know if he's re-signed or not. I don't. I'm speaking in a way and acting in a way as if he is re-signed. If Drew McIntyre doesn't win the world championship at WrestleMania, I will be very disappointed. I've always been about rewarding hard work and rewarding those who have put in the work to make the show that much better. You see the ascent that this man has taken. This is not the same Drew McIntyre from only a year ago. This is not the same Drew McIntyre that challenged Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle. This is not the same Drew McIntyre that wrestled Gunther and Sheamus at WrestleMania last year. This Drew McIntyre is the best thing that he's done in his entire career. I don't even know what it is. Is he, a, is he a truth seeker? Is he a fortune teller? What is he? Everything he does is just spot on correct. 
Drew McIntyre saved WrestleMania. That's what his entire shtick is. He saved WrestleMania. He ended Punk's run before it even got started. He won the chamber. He's going to take the world championship back and put it around his waist because he doesn't think Rollins can hold the load of Monday Night Raw anymore. I love it. I don't know what Rollins is planning to do with Cody. I know a lot of people are like, well, what if Rollins is turning on Cody? What if everything that Rollins is doing is all a ploy? Why would it be a, why would it be a setup? I don't really get that. Why would Rollins set up Cody? There's two things here that I want you guys to keep in mind for this narrative that Rollins is going to turn on Cody at WrestleMania. Why would he do that? I don't really understand that. First of all, he's got a match with Drew McIntyre where Rollins is the babyface and McIntyre is the heel. So you want Rollins to turn on Cody to turn heel to wrestle another heel in his match for the World Heavyweight Championship. I don't really get that. Rollins has been on this brigade that we got to end the bloodline. We got to take the title off Roman. It's going to be a dark era for WWE if Roman walks out of Philadelphia with the World Heavyweight Championship, yet you want him to turn on Cody? Why would you want him to turn on Cody when Cody needs to win the world title? If Cody wins the world title, he goes to SmackDown. Rollins would remain on Raw. So how is that going to work if he turns on Cody? Don't you want to further a feud with Cody and Rollins if Rollins turns on Cody? How could you do that if Cody's on SmackDown with the heavyweight title? People don't think. People don't think. Also, you got to keep Monday Night Raw in the back of your mind. They are without CM Punk. They're probably losing Cody Rhodes. And then you want Rollins to turn into a heel. Who's the top babyface on Monday Night Raw? I'd love for you to tell me who the fuck that is. Who is it? Sami Zayn? I love Sami. Adore Sami, but he's not the top fucking babyface on the show. Seth Rollins is. Well, Cody Rhodes is right now, but Cody's moving to SmackDown. If Rollins turns heel, who is it? Maybe you should leave the pro wrestling analysis to me. Stop with the narrative of Rollins turning on Cody. It makes zero fucking sense. Ridiculous. No, Gable is not the fucking top baby face on, on Monday Night Raw. I'm sorry. I thought this was a great segment. There's one guy all WrestleMania season that's been making the most sense. Seth Rollins is at the top of the list. Everything he said via promo has been spot on. Looking forward to this match at WrestleMania, and I'm going Drew. I'm going Drew McIntyre to win the World Heavyweight Championship. I don't know if he's resigned or not, but he's certainly looking like, sounding like, speaking like he is. You don't get CM Punk merchandise made with McIntyre's likeness on it and continuing to push a match with CM Punk while he's out injured for the next six months if you don't plan on delivering said match. Just observe. McIntyre probably has already signed and nobody knows the fucking story. 
Jay Uso? Jay Uso, listen, Jay Uso can be a top babyface. He can. I don't see Jay Uso being the top babyface on Monday Night Raw. And no, guys, I still have not gotten my PC internet back. Apparently, listen, I, apparently I still have internet access because I'm still live. You guys are listening to what I say. But I wish I could show you my YouTube is not working. I have nothing on my, on my PC, nothing. So for us to read the Super Chats, I'm going to get through this review because that's the most important part. So for me to read the Super Chats, I may have to go and do a little bit of a break and then stop the stream, reset my router, come back, and then we'll read the Super Chats, if that's okay with you. I'll probably lose half of my fucking audience, but you guys know where to find me when I do come back. Nia Jax. She wrestled Liv Morgan in a one-on-one match. Again, this was not about Liv Morgan. This was about Nia Jax furthering the Becky Lynch-Rhea Ripley story. This wasn't bad. Nia has done really good work lately. Not going to sit here and tell you that she hasn't. That would be ignorant of me. Liv went right after Nia, but Nia nailed a Samoan drop. Jax put Morgan in a stretch muffler. This is her new thing now, stretch muffler. Slung her face first into the middle turnbuckle. Jax went for a leg drop on the apron. Morgan dodged. Everybody wanted Nia to scream, my hole, my hole. We did not, thankfully, hear that. And Morgan dodged it, followed later with a suicide dive on Nia. We go to commercial break. Morgan avoided a senton. Hit a missile dropkick. Morgan followed with a code breaker. Morgan dodged a charging Jax, and Jax went shoulder first into the ring post. Nia Jax caught Morgan. It didn't really matter. She no-sold it. Jax caught Morgan as she dove off the apron and drove her into the ring post. All of a sudden, Becky Lynch appeared and attacked Nia for a DQ victory. Nia wins by DQ. Liv Morgan loses thanks to Becky Lynch. Lynch slammed Jax's face repeatedly into the announce table, but Jax managed to get away as the referee held back Becky Lynch. Liv Morgan, they focused the camera on Liv Morgan. She looked very, very displeased that Becky Lynch poked her nose in her business. So clearly they're setting Liv Morgan up potentially for a match with Becky. I don't know. I don't know where they're... Maybe Liv Morgan goes heel. For all we know. Is babyface Liv Morgan even working out? I don't know. By the time Liv Morgan gets to Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley will be a babyface, and Liv Morgan will not stand a chance in that department. Rhea Ripley will be the babyface, and Liv Morgan may be the heel. Keep that in the back of your mind. That's a possibility. Because Becky ain't certainly the babyface going into WrestleMania. I'll tell you that right now. Kathy Kelly interviewed Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. Waller said Rhodes disrespected him in his home. Rhodes attacked his boy Theory, and Waller did everything he could do to stop it. No, he didn't. Waller didn't do anything. Waller would disrespect Rhodes in his house tonight, and the bloodline would pick the bones. Austin Theory did not look happy in this segment. What are we doing with Austin Theory and Grayson Waller at WrestleMania? 
I see some people on social media claiming that it's going to be Austin Theory versus Grayson Waller at WrestleMania. Who the fuck wants to see that? It's not a WrestleMania match. Not now. I don't know why we're teasing a split up between these two. They are better together than they are separate. They make a great team. I would rather say, I would rather them be a heel tag team in the tag team division than them be solo. Why are we breaking them up? And who's going to be a babyface here? Austin Theory is going to be a babyface? Man, oh man. Get with the program. None of that works out for me. So, we go from that to Becky Lynch. She's backstage. She got in Adam Pierce's face. She said she can't move on until she gets Nia in the ring again. Pierce said next week works for her. Sure. Good. You got your match. Liv Morgan then barged in and said she was in the middle of something out there. Not everything has to be about you. I'm telling you guys, Liv Morgan may be going heel. Jey Uso. Who's backstage with Jackie Redmond. He's going to be a guest on her podcast on the NHL YouTube channel. Don't give a shit. Redmond interviewed Jay backstage. She asked how he plans to get back into the championship picture. Here's a clue. He's not yet. He talked about being really close to becoming intercontinental champion. He said he falls short of his goals when it comes to matches and family members. Drew walked up to him and said, I know you're going through a tough time right now, and I can relate to what you're going through. He said, from the bottom of my heart, you deserve all of this. I fucking love Drew. I fucking love uh, McIntyre, man. He's so good. Jay started punching him. They brawled, and they were quickly pulled apart. So we got a match next week between Jay Uso, Yeet, and Drew McIntyre. So next week, we got Jay Uso, Drew McIntyre, Becky Lynch, and Nia Jax. Don't you love when Triple H books in advance? Most of the weeks when Vince was in charge, we wouldn't know what's happening on Raw until we actually hit live on USA Network at 8 p.m. You go to WWE.com and nothing's on the website at 7.30. It's got Triple H, man. He's booking fucking matches weeks in advance, man. Holy shit. Yeah, people still got a problem with Paul Levesque. I don't know. Cody Rhodes. He went one-on-one with Grayson Waller. This was, I mean, it was fine for what it was. Eight minutes. We went to a commercial. Half the match took place in the fucking commercial. So Rhodes hits a delayed vertical suplex, sent Waller to the outside. Michael Cole frantically let us know that Paul Heyman was backstage as they went to break. Heyman was seen backstage briefly in the background of Waller's interview earlier with Austin Theory and Kathy Kelly. Now, I didn't see him because I had walked away to go make a cup of espresso. But Michael Cole frantically said, Paul Heyman is in the building. He's on Raw in San Jose. And we go to commercial break. So we get back from break. 
Waller took control with a rolling flatliner on Rhodes. Rhodes started fighting back. He hits a snap power slam. Disaster kick for two. Theory then jumps on the apron because he was in the corner of Grayson Waller. Turned his back on his opponent to look at him. Waller tried to take advantage, but Rhodes wiped out Theory with a suicide dive. Waller again tried to take advantage, but Rhodes fought him off and hit a Cody Cutter. Crossroads, one, two, three, and a decisive victory for Cody Rhodes over Grayson Waller. I guess that's what he deserves after uh, the Grayson Waller effect that gave us no explanation. Paul Heyman appeared on stage. And he walked out with three security guys who he said were NYPD undercover cops or off-duty cops. And then he corrected himself and said, well, they're actually suspended NYPD, but no difference. But that's a whole different story. He says it must have been humiliating to get Will Smith across his face or Will Smithed. Across his face. He says, meaning, The Rock slapped the shit out of him. Like, uh, Chris Rock slapped the shit out of Will Smith, I guess. When was that, the Grammys? Last year? Whatever. Probably another fucking uh, government-covered psyop. Whatever. Uh, <coughs> you didn't hear from me. Uh, Hula Grim. Tell him. He says he has to take The Rock's name out of his freaking mouth. He says he can't. Just asks for a match with The Rock. He says he, for, he can forgive Cody, but Rock will not. He says he understands he's the main event of WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. And he begged Cody Rhodes, pretty please, with a cherry on top to withdraw his challenge to The Rock. Or else. His tone turned a little bit more Paul Heyman-ish. Cody sat in a chair in the middle of the ring and asked, or else what, Mr. Heyman? He says he hasn't trashed Dwayne in the media yet because they were his fans at one point or another. I was a fan of Dwayne. Everybody was a fan of Dwayne. I didn't trash him because everybody loved Dwayne. So, I want to stop there. Did Cody tonight, with that line, give us a nugget of a reason as to why he didn't explain anything yet? Is that his explanation? Is that as far as we go, Cody? You didn't trash The Rock on the microphone yet because we're all fans of The Rock. Because you're a fan of The Rock? Is that what I'm hearing? What would you guys say is the situation here? Is that a little nugget of an explanation to you, or am I looking too much into it? He didn't trash him because everybody was a fan. How could you not be, says Cody. He says he came from a family where every meal came as a result of tickets sold, and nobody sold more tickets than The Rock. Maybe I'll Google it. Can we can we Google? Can we Google Cody's explanation? Oh, oh. Go Google it. That's what I gotta do, right? Okay. 
Чё Says he came from a family where every meal came as a result of tickets sold, and nobody sold more tickets than The Rock. He says he's done being nice. Come and get me. Heyman says, listen, I have a better idea. Heyman began to enter the ring, joined by these three security guys, and then he asks Cody, may I? Cody said, no, you may not. The security guys didn't listen to Cody. They got in the ring. Cody said, if one more person takes a step towards him, I'm dropping all of you. Heyman said, well, I guess that threat doesn't imply me. Cody said, yes, it does. So the security guys went after Cody. He beat them up with the steel chair, the steel chair that he was sitting on. He threw the steel chair at one of these guys, and it nailed him right in the fucking face. No hands to protect. This guy got blasted in the face. The token black guy got fucking blasted in the face with a steel chair. The two other guys got blasted with the chairs in the midsection across the back. They got taken out. Cody dumped them out of the ring. So Paul Heyman jumps off the apron. He pulls out his phone. Blip. Call Roman Reigns. Then he pulls out another phone. Blip. Call The Rock. Yet there are people out there that want another six months of call Roman Reigns. You fucking serious? Cody told him to call them. Go ahead, go call them because the bloodline isn't hunting me. I'm hunting the bloodline. The guards got up again. Cody blasted them with the steel chair and that's the way the show went off the air. I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. I don't know... What we're setting up for? What's the explanation? I don't know. Did Cody give us a nugget of a possible explanation as to why he didn't say anything to The Rock yet? Sounds like it to me, folks. Sounds like it to me. But the one thing, I said this in the beginning, the one thing that I take away from this is the fact that we got some fucking continuity coming out of the chamber, going into Raw. I'll take that. It's a small victory. Coming out of the Grayson Waller segment, we got Waller versus Cody. We got Waller being a fucking pawn in this thing by Rhodes to take him out, or by Roman, rather, to take Cody out. Then we got Paul Heyman showing up after what Cody said at the Elimination Chamber, challenging The Rock. Paul Heyman's on Raw to confront Cody about it. Continuity. It's the first time in this entire angle that we got some sort of fucking continuation week or day, I would say, Saturday into Monday. It's a small victory in itself. Is WWE turning the corner here? I don't know. I don't know what Rock's going to say on Friday. I don't know what's going to happen on Friday, but I swear to God, man, we need a full-blown fucking explanation and a rebuttal from The Rock. He's got to mention Triple H. He's got to mention what he said to Cody. And he's got to answer the challenge laid down by Cody Rhodes. And if it's going to happen or not. It's either going to be Cody Rock on night one or Cody Seth Roman Rock tag team match, which doesn't make any sense on night one of WrestleMania. I don't know. I don't know. But that is your Monday Night Raw review, guys. Listen, man, minus the technical difficulties that I'm looking at here, we uh, pretty much nailed this review. 
I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, listen, what I'm going to do now, what I'm going to do now is being that I am done with the actual review, and that's all I wanted. I wanted to get through the actual review with absolutely no hesitation and no problem. Done. We did a fantastic job tonight. We had almost 3,000 people in here. Thank you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to back away for a couple of minutes. I'm going to reset my router. I'm going to come back. I'm going to leave the stream up the best I can. I want you guys to stay with me. We're going to read the Super Chats because I do not want to go off the year without reading all your Super Chats. I don't even know who has Super Chatted and who has re-upped their commitments to the VIP club. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to back away for a little bit, reset my router, and we'll be back right here with the Super Chats, hopefully, on Off the Script. I'll see you guys in a little bit. We are back, man. We are back. It was definitely a refresh of the router. My router just froze. I don't know what was going on. It affected YouTube, uh, and uh, we're back. I see everything now. Super Chats. Look at that, man. Look at that. Get those Super Chats in, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Good old reset of the router, man. Get those Super Chats in. Let's hang out for a little bit, man. I'm in a good mood. Shout out to my guy, Salrex, man. Salrex is working on one of my favorite designs for a t-shirt, maybe ever. Maybe ever. Thank you guys for joining me on tonight's stream, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content. Plenty of it. Drew and I, Mr. Baydala, and myself will be live tomorrow night. TNT episode 37. We will be tailgating at WrestleMania 40. Sunday afternoon around noon, 1 o'clock. Time to be determined. There will be a live meet and greet in the parking lot of WrestleMania 40. Sunday afternoon, night 2. Early. There will be a live show with Drew and I and several guests. It's going to be fucking epic. We will talk about that a little bit more tomorrow night. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got over a thousand likes. And like I said, man, Super Chats are open. Get them on in and please hit that subscribe button down below and continue to support the podcast right here on Off The Script. We got Michael Krause with a $5 Super Chat. Good Monday, JD. Thank you for all the hard work over the weekend for SmackDown and the Chamber. Hope you got some rest, my friend. I am still struggling. Michael. The sporadic sleep when I can get it is not doing me any good, brother. Uh, I am not going to WrestleMania. As soon as that is over, I'm going back to Atlantic City to my apartment, and I'm doing the show there. Michael, thank you, brother. Jamel Turney with a 499. Do you think the fans will turn on Becky when she's in the ring with Ripley at Mania? Yes, I do. I said it about three different times tonight. MGM 97 with a 199. When it took a shit when Becky mid-inch got on the mic. Just like uh, everybody calls her mid-Morgan, huh? 
Michelle Moran with a $2 see ya. Meet me in the parking lot and make sure you guys bring gifts for Drew and I. I like whiskey. He likes tequila. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Just got a preview of a banger at WrestleMania. Sammy and Gunther. Ah, uh, it's going to be more than just Sammy and Gunther, Michelle. Said Suka with a $20 super chat. One thing I love about Triple H's booking, even the undercard matches have weeks of story building to it. Just not matches to have matches. There's a feud spanning weeks and gives them more importance once you hit the blow-off match. Yeah. He did the same thing in NXT, and people want to know why I'm pro Paul Levesque. Mid Morgan? Oh. The whole division is mid. Michelle with a two. Seth no longer needs that title. Promo showed that. Nick Williams with a 21 months. Very strong Cody and Paul promo. I hope Cody finishes the story. WWE may get buried by Judgment Day, or actually not Judgment Day. WWE may get buried by JD, Jesse, and Andrew. Cody needs to finish the story. Oh, I got my burial already planned, Nick, if it doesn't happen. Shane Brown with 14 months. Thank you, Shane Brown. That guy at the end took a hell of a chair shot to the face. LOL. But I do think you're right. I think Cody is leading up to giving us an explanation. I hope so. I hope so. Mama Scripps Catering with two months. JD. If Jesse's lazy, I offer you my services. Cheers to two months and counting. Thank you, Mama Scripps. Sidro. Final Super Chat. What do Liv Morgan stands and Dracula have in common? They're both a pain in the neck. Liv Morgan, ha, ha, ha. One loser, two losers, three losers, ha, ha, ha. Count. The Polish sausage. Pause. JD wanted to say cheers to you and the OTS family. Payday is on Thursday, so I'll hook you up with more on the SmackDown post. Just wondering how your cat is doing. Bailey is doing much better, Sausage. Thank you. She's amongst the human living people. And she is eating. And she's sleeping with me, which is a great sign. Uh, Vinny. 499. Triple H is reviving Raw. And right now, in my opinion, it's on another level. Everything and everyone seems to connect and intertwine. It's refreshing. Yeah. And somehow this got booked or voted third worst show by the Observer fan base. I don't know how. WrestleMess with a 499. Rock out here doing more work this WrestleMania season than Roman did all last year. JD, you're a Monday night tradition for me now. Cheers. WrestleMess, I appreciate that very much, brother. Thank you. 
Friends Gagiano with a new membership. Friends, thank you for joining me in the venue. Michael Krause with a $2 super chat. All of us at OTS are proud of you, JD. So thank you. Thank you, Michael. I'm proud of you guys. The RTG Noble with an I-99. Why is this BC Amplified guy always hating on Papa H so much? Not everything he books is perfect, but some stuff he does very well. Listen, man, BC's a great guy. BC hates Triple H like I hated Vince McMahon, man. It goes uh, hand in hand. He don't like things that Paul Levesque's doing. I didn't like what Vince McMahon was doing. It's it's going to be okay, guys. It's going to be fine. Seriously. Don't worry about it. Dylan Sean, 97, with a new membership. Dylan, what the fuck are you drinking tonight, man? Jamel Turney with a 199. He says, go Google it. Jamie Acuna with a 999. Hey, JD, meant to ask this last week, what's with the Denise hate? LOL. I hope you have a great week. Enjoying a whiskey sour on this Monday night. Cheers. OTS for life. P.S. Go Dodgers. Fuck the Dodgers. Jamie. Now, the Dodgers got a good team. Um... You know, a lot of what I do on here, man, is for shits and giggles and for entertainment. Denise has never said anything to me about me. I don't know. Probably she said something about me in private. She's never said anything publicly about me. She's never said anything to me. I've never had a conversation with a woman. It's just for shits and giggles, man. You know, I'm I'm probably going to lay off the uh, mentioning of her on, on this side of things because it really doesn't do me any any favors, honestly. You know, I find it to be funny. You guys find it to be funny, but it's it's honestly a waste of my time. You know, we know we're better than what she does over there. We know that we got the best fucking show in the entire community. The numbers prove it. The quality proves it. I don't need I don't need to be lowering myself to making fun of other people. Now, if she said something to me or about me publicly, then I'd fucking just completely just blow the fucking internet out. But she hasn't done anything. So there's no reason for me to make fun of her. Do I find her content to be lame and cringe? Yes, I do. I think it's fucking awful. But there are people who enjoy that. There are people who enjoy me. There are people that think I'm cringe. And people who don't enjoy my content. The world goes round and round. I'm not a fan. But the woman hasn't said anything to me. And uh, sometimes it's probably unfair of me to make fun of her in the way that I do. So I, I apologize. No more uh, no more Denise hate. Okay? Send that one to Sap so we can get off my fucking balls. Okay? Uh, Jamie, thank you. Fuck the Dodgers. Uh, Jason, I'm kidding. Jason Tarr, 24 months. I agree with you, JD. Seems like we're finally getting some continuity. Can't wait for TNT. Keep up the great work. OTS for life. Thank you, Jason. 
Got that golden microphone, bro. Looks good on you. Luis Rodriguez with a four ninety nine. Smoking a cigar, listening to the best. Where's the go Google it? Uh, Lewis, we may actually have to take you up on your offer, man. I don't, is it, is it sufficient enough to do the show at your, sh- uh, at your sh- cigar shop? Do you got whiskey? I'm assuming you do, man. If you got cigars, you got alcohol. If you got alcohol, you got cigars. They go hand in hand, I'm assuming, right? I need more pictures of your cigar shop, Lewis. I need I need a, a whole landscape. I need to know what I'm working with. Kal-El with a $5 super chat. Don't bench me, but I'm still disappointed. Five speeds, six speeds rule. Anaya Jax rules. Okay, I'm done now. I don't know. Why would I bench you, brother? Mustangs rule. Kabuki. Kabuki. With a $5 super chat. I'm an avid Liv Morgan fan, and I understand 100% what you mean. I feel like Liv needs some more training, bulking up, and some new moves to look credible. Look at that. An actual Liv Morgan fan with common sense and respect. Oh, my goodness. Kabuki, you got comment of the night. Kabuki has comment of the night. Thank you, Kabuki. Omega Kong with 25 months. Glad to be here for two years. Between all the contenders, who should win the IC title in Philly and why? I'm going with Chad Gable. If we get the ladder match, I'm going Chad Gable. Jamel Turney with a 499. Do you think there will be a WrestleMania roundtable? Jamel, Drew, and I will be live somewhere on Sunday, I think. Maybe. Either Saturday or Sunday. I got to figure out what day is best. Kal-El with a $2 super chat. I love giving you shit, bro, but you're the best. Thank you, Kal-El. New Bendy comic dubs with 18 months. JD, I might stop watching WWE for a bit if Cody wins. I swear the fans will turn on him by money in the bank like me. And hear me out, JD. Denise has funny memes. No, she doesn't. I think everything about her content is fucking lame. And that's just me being honest. Koshik of the new membership. Koshik. The fuck are you drinking, brother? Jamel Turney with a 499. Well, when you enjoy someone wielding a chainsaw on a pro wrestling show, embarrassing everyone, you deserve to get joked on. Uh, who enjoyed a chainsaw on a pro wrestling show with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Nobody enjoyed that here. Jamel also adds a 199. He says, Go Yankees. Fuck the Yankees. I don't have to repeat myself, but I will. Fuck the Yankees. Sorry for any Yankees fans out there. Maybe this year be your year, man. I don't know. 
Anyway, guys, uh, that's it, man. Sorry for the technical difficulties. I wish uh, we could hang out longer, but uh, apparently you don't love me enough to continue the Super Chats going, so uh, I'll see myself out. Jesse, you clean the venue. I'll be back with Drew tomorrow. I'll be live with Jesse Wednesday. That's that. Thank you for hanging out with me tonight, man. Appreciate you guys very much. If you did enjoy... Today's podcast. Make sure you guys go and hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Drew and I will be live. Episode 37 of RTNT Tuesday Nights Titans. The John Wick of Spider Hunters. 19 months. JD, I was training to be a pro wrestler until almost broke my ring. The great Kali rebuilt it out of nowhere. Instant noodles. Hashtag go. I'm sorry to hear that, John Wick. Anything with Omos and great Kali also gets an automatic thumbs down. Anyway, guys, follow me on social media at JD. Yes, I did read Sidro's Super. Yes. Follow me on social media at JD. From NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And go check out all the other content on the channel. Drew and I will be live tomorrow. 8.30, episode 37 of Tuesday Night Titans. I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.